true Christian isn't a Christian because he's smarter or has made any better choices than anyone, but he's a Christian because he has placed himself wholly underneath the authority of Scripture. Hello everyone, it's Monday morning. I hope you're all going to have a good week. I'll be praying for you all this week, especially as we look at Romans. I'll be praying for you to have the joy of Romans chapter 6 verses 15 through the end of the chapter on your mind. I'm going to read it through real quick, and then we'll dive right in to discuss it. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. But just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of these things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul here in this text is pressing the issue not of decision for Christ, but for pursuance of Christ. He's still talking to believers, and he's still trying to answer the question, how do we live now? Are we allowed to sin as believers? In the first part of the chapter, he answers that with the fact that we're dead to sin. And now he's saying that we shouldn't sin as believers because we're under grace, and that means we are a slave to righteousness. There was a a Bob Dylan song called You Gotta Serve Somebody. He lists a whole bunch of different occupations and a whole bunch of different types of people, but he says, you're going to have to serve somebody. It might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Oh, that's the point of this text. You're either going to be serving yourself and your own selfish desires and sin that leads to death? Or you're going to be serving righteousness and pursuing righteousness for God's sake. And he's saying it not as a decision, as we said, but to test the readers. Do you really trust in Christ? If you still want to sin, that shows that sin is the Lord of your life. Verse 17 shows the whole of the Christian life. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and have been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. What he's saying is, on one part, Christianity is effortless. When we throw ourselves upon Christ, we give him our burden, and he's the one whose yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's easy to follow Christ because he changes our heart. He says, you who are once slaves of sin, you who 
once bore the weight of sin and guilt and death, have become obedient from the heart. The very root of the tree has been changed to produce better fruit. And the thing that changed this was that these people were obedient from the heart just from what they felt, but they were obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. The standard of teaching is the Bible. That is how one submits himself to God. Because you listen to the Bible, you don't listen to your own selfish desires. The ears of your heart have been changed. Your heart before listened to its own emotions and the body's sinful flesh. But now that we're storing up His word in our heart, our heart has something different to listen to. This isn't an all-at-once change. We know that. I was shown grace from a very young age. But I still have sin. And even if there's somebody who's saved when they're 82, they're not immediately made holy. They still have sin in their lives. Verse 19b says, For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. When we give ourselves to sin, it begets more sin. Habitual pursuit of lawlessness leads for the need for more lawlessness. We have a strawberry patch in our backyard, and we were gone for about a week. And I tried to pull up as much crabgrass on the edge of it as I could, but I didn't quite get it all out. And we came back, and we've got that crabgrass growing through the strawberries. Where before it was on the edge, I could just yank it out and get rid of it. Now it grows around those vines, and I have to surgically almost remove that crabgrass without tearing up the strawberries. And it's frustrating, and it's just painful work because you got to get your fingers around all those crabgrass roots and, and pull them up carefully, and it's messy because they don't come out if the soil's dry, so you have to water it down. Well, that's exactly what sin does. A little bit grows here and there, and you look up, and you've got weeds all over your garden. Paul says, don't sin because you're saved. Pursue righteousness because you're saved. Just as a servant or a slave, the word there is, is a bondservant in the Greek, someone who has chosen to serve one master for a lifetime. Uh, so this, this servant has one master. He pursues one goal, one command. You can't serve both sin and righteousness. Present yourselves to righteousness leading to sanctification. What in the world is sanctification? Well, it's related to the word where we get holiness from. It means set apart. The way God works in our lives as Christians is best seen in Romans chapter 8, so let's go over there and look at that. Romans eight twenty nine and 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he also called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. One way to make God little in your life is just to see him as a savior. Yeah, he plucked me out of death's arms, and I'm, I'm happy for that. 
But when we forget about him as creator, redeemer, and perfecter, we have a little view of him. And he didn't just choose us for salvation. He chose us so that we might look like his son from the very beginning. His salvation wasn't just to stop on the side of the road and change our tire so that we could get on our merry little way. No, his plan was to remake us into men and women of glory so that we might enjoy him for eternity in glory. So Christ justified us, yes. And he's also thereby glorifying us, making us into new people. Back in Romans 6 verse 22, we see this again. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. It's not just that God fixes us enough for us to feel better about ourselves. It's so that we might spend eternity with him. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. This isn't a decide for Christ text. This text is an examine yourself Christian text. Look at yourself. What are you pursuing? Is the word of God actually an authority over your life? Or are you just living like God got you down the road a little further? No, the mark of a true Christian is hunger and a need for God's word. Does that mark you? Is that who you are at your core? Has God changed your heart? Are you pursuing obedience? Do you yearn for that standard of teaching? Seek God's truth in the word rather than the devil's half-truths in the distractions of this world. Submit again to the yoke that is easy and the burden that is light. Pick up the authority of scripture, place it over you, and let God be your master so that you might have life and have life abundantly. Let's pray. Father, we cannot live without you. Every time we try, we find that we're unhappy and unfulfilled and unsatisfied. Father, set your authority over us in your word. Allow our hearts to be obedient to your righteousness so that we might find eternal life and joy in your Son. Thank you for the gospel that brings life, that sets us free from our old paths of disobedience and sin and death. Thank you for your word that gives us these wonderful truths that we can submit to and find joy in. Set us free and loose on the world to share your good news and make deep and meaningful relationships so that we have space to do so. Thank you for your grace and your power. Amen.